Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2023. It is the 22nd Wednesday of Ordinary Time, and today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with him about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them and cured them. And demons also came out from many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak Jesus left and went to a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him, and when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, To the other towns also I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I've been in many situations in my life where I had an opportunity to evangelize, and I wanted to evangelize. It was really my ultimate goal, even though perhaps I was doing some other job that was uh, directly seen, directly carried out. And... It's always a spiritual battle just to get there. And and I mean, I can even think of times when it was a full-blown spiritual ministry, maybe a retreat that I was running. There's still obstacles to get there, to get to the point where you're on the retreat with the people that are attending the retreat. It's like you have to have a breakthrough. And then once you have a breakthrough, then the floodgates open. I'm thinking maybe of teaching in a public school. Last year, <laughs> I was helping out in a public school for a couple of days, and it was just funny. I always pray, Lord, use me. Lord, show me what you want me to do. And then uh, they had career day, and they needed a speaker. And I said, oh, I'll get up and talk. And I ended up talking about the Lord. And they said, well, it's okay, because it's career day. And I talked to them about ministry. And I'm like, Lord, you're awesome. Thank you. He opened the door. He opened up the floodgates and grace was able to pour out. But there have been so many times I've worked in Catholic institutions where my hands were tied. Rather, my tongue was tied. I was not able to minister. I was not allowed to just speak the truth because people in charge had other agendas or maybe religion teachers had other agendas. And so they said, you are not to talk about this. You are not to do that. You can only do this. Sometimes Catholic institutions are the worst ones, which is why it's good that they shut down some of them. So here we have in this gospel reading, Jesus is beginning his public ministry. This is in the gospel according to St. Luke. We're at the beginning. I, I talked about this yesterday a little bit. He's been through his baptism. He was baptized. He went through the 40 days in the desert, the temptation. Uh, Of course, the infancy narratives are all done. And now Jesus begins to minister. And you can see now the floodgates are opening. 
And there's got to be a certain excitement, even on the part of Jesus, of course on the part of Jesus, because he loves us and he wants to minister to us. So these readings that we're getting right now are a brief little summary of everything, and Jesus is just doing it. He's doing what he is meant to do, what he was born to do. And so he, and there's more to this reading than we realize. I mean, we see the, the, you know, he's driving out demons, they're yelling at him, he's curing the sick, but there's so much more. First of all, just the importance of healing. Very often, healing is where we get people. Healing is because we all need healing of one form or another, be it spiritual healing, be it physical healing, be it emotional healing. We all need it to some degree. And that's why Jesus came. And Jesus says, it's the sick that need the doctor. If you're not sick on some level, you have no claim to his mercy. He came for you. He came for me. So we need to be honest about our weaknesses in order to merit the Savior. Not that we merit. <laughs> it's just a word that we use. But in order to lay a claim on Jesus, we have to say, I'm a sinner. Or, I need to heal. I, my heart needs to heal. My mind needs to heal. Maybe from previous sins. Maybe from having been whatever, abused in some way, whatever it might be. We can lay a claim to the Savior because we need him. And so there's this healing factor. And when we go out and we minister, we need to realize just how powerful that is. Francis McNutt wrote a book called Healing, uh, in which he says some great things. I mean, it's, it's, it's a similar book, in my opinion, to Father Amorth, An Exorcist Tells a Story, because it draws you in with miracles, but then it becomes more like a textbook. And it's like Evangelization 101 textbook, you know, where he just says, listen, I do this healing ministry and I forget his numbers, but he's like more than half of the people receive some sort of healing when you pray with them, when you pray over them. And then he gets into all the different types of healing and how to pray and the importance of sometimes touching, sometimes not touching. Sometimes deliverance prayers, sometimes not. Sometimes really heavy stuff, sometimes you go really light. Uh, really prudent kind of stuff. Uh, but it just drives home how important healing is. Everybody needs healing, and if we focus on healing in our evangelization efforts, that will open doors. That will hopefully open floodgates over time. And maybe even if we're working with an institution there can be a, a recognition over time. Institutional healing is needed. I wish so many institutions in the Catholic Church and even in other Christian churches would do this. When they realize, hey, everything's falling apart. Okay, we need healing. How do we heal this parish or this school? As opposed to just the, in the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, hoping to achieve different results. So that's one thing, the theme of healing. Another theme, uh, the demons. You know, this is why Jesus came. Once again, this goes hand in hand with the topic of healing. Jesus came to defeat the devil. The devil's doing all sorts of things. In Jesus's uh, ministry, we see all kinds of possessed people. Okay, you and I might not be called to uh, do exorcisms, but it drives home the point that the devil is everywhere. The devil is trying to conquer the kingdom of heaven. The devil will not succeed, especially now 
that Jesus has died and risen. He's conquered the kingdom of Satan. But still, there's going to be the loose straggler demons all over the place that are doing this and that. They're, they're the most harm they can cause is with temptation and us giving our consent to those temptations and those sins. So Jesus came to drive out the devil, and we have to realize that in basic Christianity, in living our life, but also in ministering to others, constant prayer for deliverance, and that's a prayer that God answers. As long as we're in the state of grace, we have to be in the state of grace to have the power to do that. But we need to keep doing it. You know, when we're ministering to this person or that person, pray that they be delivered from the evil one. Uh, an exorcist friend of mine talks about how, you know, there have been so many situations where he's gone into maybe a home, working with the family, and just by putting St. Benedict medals in the bedroom of, let's just say, a kid who's really screwed up and doing drugs and stuff, it causes conversion. Just by lots of sprinkling with holy water, miraculous medals, Father Amor talked about miraculous medals on the doors and the windows, things like that, things that will scare away the demons. And then you see results. You see very positive results. Another thing is prayer. And this is, I always say, uh, when Jesus goes off to the desert to pray, it's kind of like what they call the prestige in a magic act. Uh, there was a movie about it with Hugh Jackman. The prestige, now I hope I'm getting this right with my terminology. The prestige is the thing uh, that you don't see. That Well, I forget which is which, but anyway... In a magic act, what the, a good magician would normally do is draw your attention over here to this one place so that then in another place the actual thing changes. The quote-unquote magic happens. It's not really magic uh, while you're looking at the other. So I think the thing that's drawing your attention is called the prestige, but then the real trick is going on somewhere else. But you don't see it because your attention is drawn somewhere else. In a way... Jesus going off to pray is just that. We're all looking at the miracles. The people back then were looking at the miracles. So where the crowds are forming, that's where everybody's attention is. But where's the real work of salvation happening? When Jesus is alone in the desert, more than anything else, because that's his prayer life. And that's where your salvation happens as well. Your prayer life, your connecting with God. You don't have to go to the desert. You can go to your, your room. Jesus even says it. Go to your inner room and pray. It could be in your room. It could be wherever. There's so many places we can go to pray. And Jesus came to... I, I always like to say, this is an expression that I've invented. Um, why did Jesus come to earth? Jesus came to pray. Plain and simple. Because his death on the cross is a prayer. He offers it to the Father. It's a big prayer. It's the best prayer ever said. Um, Jesus came to connect earth and heaven. How does he do that? In his humanity, he connects to the Father. In his divinity, he's already connected from, from all eternity. But he comes to earth. He takes on flesh in the womb of Mary so that in his humanity, he connects to the Father. And in doing that, he's connecting all of our humanity to the Father. You and I can pray, therefore we can be saved because Jesus prayed first. Jesus came to earth, he prayed, he connected to the Father in human form, 
And now you and I, through his cross, through the sacraments, through his word, we connect with him and now we can connect to the Father. So his prayer life is so very, very important. That's where the work of salvation happens par excellence. Another thing I want to talk about is community. And we see it at the beginning. I, we, we laugh about this reading, and this reading is also in Mark's gospel. I forget if it's in Matthew's as well. Uh, but <laughs> Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law, and some people will say, kiddingly, uh, it was a very self-centered miracle on Jesus's part, because as soon as she's healed, what does she do? She gets up and makes dinner. <laughs> she feeds everybody. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm kidding when I say that. I'm sure Jesus doesn't have a selfish bone in his body. But what happens? You know, he heals the mother. He heals the one who's really the heart of the home. She's taking care of everybody. Everything's falling apart because she's sick. Jesus heals her. And now the family's up and running again. And she's making a meal. And everybody's there together. And it's a beautiful thing. So there's community on a small scale that Jesus helps us to build. Jesus is at the heart of that. And in this reading, it's just one of many examples. He cures the mother-in-law. She gets up and makes the meal. Now, you can imagine the joy around that table, this miraculous healing they just witnessed, the good work Jesus is doing. And Jesus is going to be, when we, you know, I hear complaints about the show The Chosen. And I realize, yeah, I, I don't have any expectation about, I don't mean to go off on a huge tangent here. I don't have any expectation about The Chosen being uh, 100% faithful to Catholic doctrine because it's not a Catholic show, for goodness sake. And even the Catholic actors in the show are not 100% dedicated to Catholicism. I get it. However, it's still a nice show to watch. It's a good representation. It helps us to see things. And the idea that Jesus, you know, there's a heresy, Jansenism, and it's taken other forms in the past, that takes away from Jesus's humanity. Isn't that also called, um, uh, is it docetism? Docetism. Well, it's also, it's, most heresies are rooted in the original heresies of one extreme, you have Arianism, Jesus wasn't God. The other extreme, you have Gnosticism that takes away from Jesus's humanity. So it's really a Gnostic heresy to say that Jesus was not fully human. That the only words Jesus ever said are the ones in the Bible. And, and Jesus didn't live like a normal human being, like the rest of us, with all our issues, other than the fact that he never sinned. In other words, for goodness sake, he went to the bathroom. His mother changed his diapers. You know what I'm saying? Fully human. 100%. He laughed. He cried. He had human needs. In other words, he had friends. He worked. He uh, he played games. You know what I mean? He was fully human. And so it's very, very important that we see Jesus around the table. And this is where the show of the chosen comes in. You know, the apostles are real people. He interacts with them in a loving way as like a big brother would. Yeah, he's the savior. He's God. They don't know that yet. He's he, just like a priest would found a parish and hopefully not be some jerk that never talks to the people and sits in the rectory all day and keeps himself, you know, above everybody, like I'm better than you. No, hopefully that priest is with his people in humility, talking with them, laughing with them, praying with them, crying with them. And that's what Jesus did. So we have this scene in the house of Simon Peter after the mother-in-law is cured where they're around the table together. And so Jesus, you know, in founding the church, he founds community. 
where people come together and they, they work out their issues, but they laugh, they share a meal, they play a game, they sing songs. It's human and it's the best of humanity. Jesus was fully human. So these are important scenes. Then you have, um, you have, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted here by a bug. All right, sorry. Um, so you have community on a small scale in Simon Peter's home, but then you have community on a large scale. The crowds are flocking to Jesus. Man, you know, and Jesus, uh, he's got to get away from them because he's got to go to other towns. There's only one of him. Now that we have him in the Eucharist and, and in a lot of ways, really through his church, but prim primarily through the Eucharist, now Jesus can be everywhere. But at that time, in his physical form, he could only be in one place at a time. It was very limited to three years. It was very limited to a small area of the world. He did what he had to do so that he could send the Spirit so that now we can go everywhere. But in that little space, in that little time, he still had to go from town to town. But I mean, imagine the way the crowds flocked to him. And I think of one or two saints in history that have also done this. Well, maybe a few. Pope John Paul II, millions and millions trying to get near to him. Padre Pio, for years they lined up around the block to go to confession. And there were huge crowds when he would say mass. You know, later on before he died, there's videos of him as an old man saying mass, and the crowds are massive. And yeah, there's different saints like that where they would line up, uh, and they just all wanted to get close to him. But I mean, imagine Jesus. Imagine this is the the point I want to make, and pretty much we're we're wrapping things up here. <clears throat> Today our numbers keep dropping, and yet we have the Eucharist. Imagine if, in this day and age, people flock to Jesus by the thousands, the way they did when he was here on earth performing miracles. That's how it's supposed to be. That's what we're called to. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of our ministry. That's the purpose of this gift of healing and the purpose of the gift of preaching and expulsion of demons. Our churches should be overflowing when we realize God Almighty is in that church. And if people understood what the Mass is, they should be overflowing. We're starting to see this now in the Latin Mass movement growing. Little by little, you start to go to these... I go now to a Sunday morning church, a church on Sunday mornings where they do the Latin Mass, and it's overflowing with young families. That's beautiful. That's just starting. Uh, that kind of a thing those churches now, they, they keep expanding them because more and more people are coming. But your typical Novus Ordo church on a Sunday morning, it's less and less people, it's fewer masses, and yet we have Jesus. We have the miracle worker himself. So what is going on here? Why do we not have the people flocking the way that they should? But this is what Jesus came to found. Community on a small scale, community on a large scale all centering around him, excitement about him, and yet he's he wants it spread all over the world. We don't always get the enjoyment of just being with our people. Sometimes we need to go into the mission fields. And still, even there, he sent them out two by two. Um, so it's funny, that a reading like this, you, you look at it and you think, ah, there might not be that much to say, it's just the basics. But no, this is it, the basics are exciting. This is a summary of our faith, it's a summary of Jesus's mission. It's what he calls us to. 
and uh, we're excited to read about it, excited to talk about it, and let us, ladies and gentlemen, commit ourselves to this mission, first for ourselves and then for one another. The healing, the prayer, the community on a small scale, we strive to build community on a larger scale, inviting people in. Um, and we realize Jesus is the one that makes it happen. Jesus is the principle of our unity and everything good. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.